Good morning, everyone, and welcome to your daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top of the page for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE on the drop-down. On that same top menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation, with Section 3, The Self-Accused. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance for our lesson of our lesson for the day. <laughs> lesson 327, I need but call and you will answer me. All right, and uh, see, this is the, the time I get a chance to be thankful early in the morning every day. <laughs> you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call, Lord. I do, Lemoyne. And I'm, I'm so grateful today. And the first poem, of course, that came to my mind is You've made my soul the window and opened it unto you, given me to know I'll live in the light of his joy forever. But in light of our lesson today, I need, and you will answer me. Oh, this poem came to mind from Shailen Harkin in her book, Susceptible to Light. It's called The Worst Thing. The worst thing we ever did was put God in the sky out of reach pulling the divinity from the leaf, sifting out the holy from our bones, insisting God isn't bursting bedazzlement through everything we've made of our commitment to see as ordinary, strip the sacred from everywhere, to put in a cloud man elsewhere, prying closeness from your heart. The worst thing we ever did was take the dance and the song out of prayer, made it sit up straight and cross its legs, removed it of rejoicing, wiped clean its hips away, its questions, its ecstatic yell, its tears. The worst thing we ever did is pretend God isn't the easiest thing in this universe, available to every soul, in every breath. Amen. <laughs> That was Amen. Amen.
Thank you. Thank Lord. you, Lord. That one gives the goosebumps. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. Good reminder of simplicity. (laughs) Let's see. Okay. Well... Let's see, I have uh, with us in reading this morning, I have Lori and Fran, Harrison, Jessica, and Karen. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to just say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning. Patricia here. Thank you. I'm listening for now. All right. Thank you, Patricia. All right. And uh, one more time, is there anybody else who'd like to just say good morning or join the reading list? Okay. I'll go ahead and get us started with the reading in Chapter 31. Section 3, The Self-Accused. Only the self-accused condemn. As you prepare to make a choice that will result in different outcomes, there is one thing that must be overlearned. It must become a habit of response so typical of everything you do that it becomes your first response to all temptation and to every situation that occurs. Learn this and learn it well, for it is here delay of happiness is shortened by a span of time you cannot realize. You never hate your brother for his sin, but only for your own. Whatever form his sins appear to take, it but obscures the fact that you believe them to be yours and therefore meriting a quote-unquote just attack. Lori. Uh, Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation. Section 3, The Self-Accused. Only the self-accused condemn. As you prepare to make a choice that will result in different outcomes, there is first one thing that must be overlearned. It must become a habit of response. So typical of everything you do, that it becomes your first response to all temptation and to every situation that occurs. Learn this and learn it well. For it is here delay of happiness is shortened by a span of time you cannot realize. You never hate your brother for his sins, but only for your own. Whatever form his sins appear to take, it but obscures the fact that you believe them to be yours and therefore meriting a so-called just attack. Why should his sins be sins if you did not believe they could not be forgiven in you? 
Why are they real in him if you do not believe that they are your reality? And why do you attack them everywhere except you hate yourself? Are you a sin? You answer, quote-unquote, yes, whenever you attack, for by attack you assert that you are guilty and must give as you deserve. And what can you deserve but what you are? If you did not believe that you deserved attack, it would never occur to you to give attack to anyone at all. Why should you? What would be the gain to you? What could be the outcome? What could the outcome be that you would want? And how could murder bring you benefit? Thank you, Lori and Fran. Excuse me. 27. Why should his sins be sins if you did not believe they could not be forgiven in you? Why are they real in him if you did not believe that they are your reality? And why do you attack them everywhere except you hate yourself? Are you a sin? You answer, quote, unquote, yes, whenever you attack. For by attack, do you assert that you are guilty and must give as you deserve? And what can you deserve but what you are? If you did not believe that you deserved attack, it never would occur to you to give attack to anyone at all. Why should you? What would be the gain to you? What could the outcome be that you would want? And how could murder bring you benefit? 28. Sins are in bodies. They are not perceived in minds. They are not seen as purposes but actions. Bodies act and minds do not. And therefore must the body be at fault for what it does. It is not seen to be a passive thing, obeying your commands and doing nothing of itself at all. If you are sin... You are a body, for the mind acts not, and purpose must be in the body, not the mind. The body must act on its own and motivate itself. If you are sin, you lock the mind within the body, and you give its purpose to its prison house, which acts instead of it. A jailer does not follow orders, but enforces orders on the prisoner. Thank you, Fran. And Harrison. 28. Sins are in bodies. They are not perceived in minds. They are not seen as purposes but actions. Bodies act and minds do not. And therefore, must the body be at fault for what it does? It is not seen to be a passive thing, obeying your commands and doing nothing of itself at all. If you are sin, you are a body, for the mind acts not. And purpose must be in the body and not the mind. 
the body must act on its own and motivate itself. If you sin, you lock the mind within the body and you give its purpose to its prison house, which acts instead of it. A jailer does not follow orders, but enforces orders on the prisoner. 29. Yet is the body prisoner and not the mind. The body thinks no thoughts. It has no power to learn, to pardon, nor enslave. It gives no orders that the mind need serve, nor such conditions that it must obey. It holds in prison but the willing mind that would abide in it. It sickens at the bidding of the mind that would become its prisoner. And it grows old and dies because that mind is sick within itself. Learning is all that causes change. And so the body where no learning can occur, could never change unless the mind preferred the body change in its appearances to suit the purpose given by the mind. For it can learn, and there is all change made. Thank you, Harrison. And Jessica. Jessica, would you read 2930? <laughs> I'm muted, unmuted, and muted, and unmuted. Um, anyway, I'm sorry about that need to be muted. Can you hear me now? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yet is the body prisoner and not the mind. The body thinks no thought. It has no power to learn, to pardon, nor enslave. It gives no orders that the mind needs serve, nor sets conditions that it must obey. It holds in prison, but the willing mind that would abide in it. It sickens at the bidding of the mind that would become its prisoner. And it grows old and dies because that mind is sick within itself. Learning is all that causes change. And so the body, where no learning can occur, could never change unless the mind preferred the body change in its appearances to suit the purpose given by the mind. 
for it can learn, and there is all change made. The mind that thinks it is a sin has but one purpose, that the body be the source of sin and keep it in the prison house it chose and guard and hold itself at bay, a sleeping prisoner to the snarling dogs of hate and evil, sickness and attack, of pain and age, of grief and suffering. Here are the thoughts of sacrifice preserved, for here guilt rules and orders that the world be like itself a place where nothing can find mercy or survive the ravages of fear except in murder and in death. For here are you made sin, and sin cannot abide the joyous and the free, for they are enemies which sin must kill. In death is sin preserved, and those who think that they are sin must die for what they think they are. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. 30. The mind that thinks it is a sin has but one purpose, that the body be the source of sin and keep it in the prison house it chose and guard and hold itself at bay a sleeping prisoner to the snarling dogs of hate and evil, sickness and attack of pain and age of grief and suffering. Here are the thoughts of sacrifice preserved, for here guilt rules and orders that the world be like itself, a place where nothing can find mercy or survive the ravages of fear except in murder and in death. For here are you made sin, and sin cannot abide the joyous and the free, for they are enemies which sin must kill. In death is sin preserved, and those who think that they are sin must die for what they think they are. 31. Let us be glad that you will see what you believe and that it has been given you to change what you believe. The body will but follow. It can never lead you where you would not be. It does not guard your sleep, nor interfere with your awakening. Release your body from imprisonment, and you will see no one as prisoner to what you have escaped. You will not want to hold in guilt your chosen enemies, nor keep in chains to the illusion of a changing love the ones you think are friends. Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader for 31 and 32? New reader for 31 and 32. All right, uh, back to you, Lori. 
Oh, I can do it. <laughs> May I? Yeah, go ahead, Judy. Thanks, Lemoyne. Let us be glad that you will see what you believe and that it has been given you to change what you believe. The body will but follow. It can never lead you where you would not be. It does not guard your sleep nor interfere with your awakening. Release your body from imprisonment and you will see no one as prisoner to what you have escaped. You will not want to hold in guilt your chosen enemies, nor keep in chains to the illusion of a changing love, the ones you think are friends. The innocent release in gratitude for their release, and what they see upholds their freedom from imprisonment and death. Open your mind to change, and there will be no ancient penalty exacted from your brother or yourself for God has said there is no sacrifice that can be asked there is no sacrifice that can be made amen amen well thank you Judy and uh, one more try is there a new reader for to uh, include this reading with 32? No, but there's a thankful listener. Thank you for reading. It's Robin Marie. Okay, welcome, Robin Marie. All right, well, back to you, Lori. <clears throat> 32. The innocent release in gratitude for their release. And what they see upholds their freedom from imprisonment and death. Open your mind to change, and there will be no ancient penalty exacted from your brother or yourself. For God has said, there is no sacrifice that can be asked. There is no sacrifice that can be made. Amen. Thank you, Laurie. Amen, indeed. I I think this reading is short enough, judging from how long it took us the first time. You could reread it if you like, even in a fair step. Sounds good to me. I love it. Okay. Any any of our current readers who need to not read? Then I'll just reverse the list and we'll read the whole thing again. I'm ready. Okay, Judy. Or is it Lori? Lori, you went last. Uh, Yeah, I went last. 
Yeah, but I'm going to start with you, Judy. And, okay. uh, uh, and let's just see. Any, and I'm not going to stop and ask this time. So anyone else who's joined us and wants to say good morning or join the reading list before we go through it again? Are we reading one paragraph at a time? No more. Yes. <laughs> Shall I begin? Lemoyne, are you on mute? Yes. Um, yeah, let's, let's, there's, let's read this paragraph twice again. This is uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so re- each person reads two, and reads their step again. And, and uh, yeah, I think this is a crucial aspect of the upside down perception to be reversed. And uh, so, yes, Judy, if you'd uh, go ahead and start then with. Uh, Section title 26 and 27. Well, do. Thank you. Chapter 31, the simplicity of salvation. Three, the self-accused. Only the self-accused condemn. As you prepare to make a choice that will result in different outcomes, there is first one thing that must be Overlearned. It must become a habit of response so typical of everything you do that it becomes your first response to all temptation and to every situation that occurs. Wow. Learn this and learn it well. For it is here. Delay of happiness is shortened by a span of time. You cannot realize you never hate your brothers for his sins, but only for your own. Whatever form his sins appear, appear, appear to take, it but obscures the fact that you believe them to be yours and therefore meriting a just attack. 27.2, Lemoyne? Yes, yeah. please. Why should his sins be sins if you did not believe they could not be forgiven in you? Why are they real in him if you did not believe that they are your reality? And why do you attack them everywhere except you hate yourself. Let me read that one again. And why do you attack them everywhere except you hate yourself? Are you a sin? You answer, quote, yes, unquote, whenever you attack. For by attack, do you assert that you are guilty and must give as you deserve? And what can you deserve but what you are? 
If you did not believe that you deserved attack, it would it never would occur to you to give attack to anyone at all. Why should you? What would be the gain to you? What could the outcome be that you would want? And how could murder bring you benefit? Thank you for letting me read that. Oh, you're welcome, Judy, and thanks for reading that. And Karen, 2727. Why should his sins be sins? If you did not believe, they could not be forgiven in you. Why are they real in him? If you did not believe, they are your reality. And why do you attack them everywhere except you hate yourself? Are you a sin? You answer, quote-unquote, yes, whenever you attack. For by attack do you assert that you are guilty and must give as you deserve. And what can you deserve but what you are? If you did not believe that you deserved attack, it would never occur to you to give attack to anyone at all. Why should you? What would be the gain to you? What could the outcome be that you would want? And how could you murder bring and how could murder bring you benefit? Twenty eight. Sins are in bodies. They are not perceived in minds. They are not seen as purposes, but actions. Bodies acts act and minds do not. And therefore, must the body be at fault for what it does? It is not seen to be a passive thing, obeying your commands and doing nothing of itself at all. If you are sins, you are a body. For the mind acts not. And purpose must be in the body, not the mind. The body the body must act on its own and motivate itself. If you are sin, you lock the mind within the body and give its purpose to its prison house, which acts instead of it. A jailer does not follow orders, but enforces or- orders on the prisoner. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. Okay. Okay. Um, Sins are in bodies. They are not perceived in minds. They are not seen as purposes, but actions. Bodies act and minds do not. And therefore, must the body be at fault for what it does. Sorry, I had to turn turn it the other way. It is not seen to be a passive thing, obeying your commands and doing nothing of itself at all. If you are sin, you are a body. For the mind acts not, 
and purpose must be in the body, not the mind. The body must act on its own and motivate itself. If you are sin, you lock the mind within the body and you give its purpose to, the, to its prison house, which acts instead of it. A jailer does not follow orders, but enforces orders on the prisoner. Yet is the body prisoner and not the mind. The body thinks no thoughts. It has no power to learn, to pardon, nor enslave. It gives no orders that the mind needs serve, nor sets conditions that it must obey. It holds in prison but the willing mind that would abide in it. It sickens at the bidding of the mind that would become its prisoner. And it grows old and dies because that mind is sick within itself. Learning is all that causes change. And so the body, where no learning can occur, could never change unless the mind preferred the body change in its appearances to suit the purpose given by the mind. For it can learn, and there is all change made. Thank you, Jessica. And Harrison. We need nothing. Yet is the body personal and not the mind. The body thinks no thoughts. It has no power to learn, to pardon, nor to slave. It gives no orders that the mind needs serve or such conditions that it must obey. It holds in prison, but the willing mind that would abide in it. It sickens at the beating of the mind that would become its prisoner. And it grows old and dies because that mind is sick within itself. Learning is all that causes change. And so the body, where no learning can occur, could never change unless the mind preferred the body change in its appearances to suit the purpose given by the mind. For it can learn, and there is all change made. Dirty. The mind that thinks it is a sin has but one purpose that the body be the source of sin and keep it in the prison house it chose and guard and hold itself at bay. 
a sleeping prisoner to the snarling dogs of hate and evil, sickness and attacks of pain and age, of grief and suffering. Here are the thoughts of sacrifice preserved, for here your rules and orders that the world be life itself, a place where nothing can find mercy or survive the ravages of fear <clears throat> except in murder and in death. For here are you made sin, and sin cannot abide the joyous and the free, for they are enemies which sin must kill. In death is sin preserved, and those who think that they are sin must die for what they think they are. Thank you, Harrison. And friend. 30. The mind that thinks it is a sin has but one purpose, that the body be the source of sin and keep it in the prison house it chose and guard and hold itself at bay, a sleeping prisoner to the snarling dogs of hate and evil, sickness and attack, of pain and age, of grief and suffering. Here are the thoughts of sacrifice preserved. For here guilt rules and orders that the world be like itself, a place where nothing can find mercy or survive the ravages of fear except in murder and in death. For here are you made sin, and sin cannot abide the joyous and the free, for they are enemies which sin must kill. In death is sin preserved, and those who think that they are sin must die for what they think they are. <clears throat> 31. Let us be glad that you will see what you believe and that it has been given you to change what you believe. The body will but follow. It can never lead you where you would not be. It does not guard your sleep nor interfere with your awakening. Release your body from imprisonment and you will see no one as prisoner to what you have escaped. You will not want to hold and guilt your chosen enemies or keep in chains to the illusion of a changing love the ones you think are friends. Thank you, friend. <coughs> and, and Lori. Um, I think you were already off mute, Lori. Oh, I beg your pardon. I am so sorry. I hope I was quiet. It's okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 31, let us be glad that you will see what you believe and that it has been given you to change what you believe. The body will but follow. It can never lead you where you would not be. It does not guard your sleep nor interfere with your awakening. Release your body from imprisonment and you will see no one a prisoner to what you have escaped. You will not want to hold and guilt your chosen enemies nor keep in chains to the illusion of changing love. 
ones you think are friends. The innocent release in gratitude for their release. And what they see upholds their freedom from imprisonment and death. Open your mind to change. And there will be no ancient penalty exacted from your brother or yourself. For God has said there is no sacrifice that can be asked. There is no sacrifice that can be made. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. And I'll repeat 32 here in closing. The innocent release in gratitude for their release. And what they see upholds their freedom from imprisonment and death. Open your mind to change, and there will be no ancient penalty exacted from your brother or yourself. For God has said there is no sacrifice that can be asked. There is no sacrifice that can be made. A little bit past the top of the hour. So I ask that you give your attention to Fran as she leads us in the lessons for the day. Thank you, Fran. Well, thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the second part of the workbook. And the theme we're on is what is creation? And today's lesson is lesson 327. I need the call and you will answer me. So I shall read some from What is Creation, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. Creation is the opposite of all illusions. For creation is the truth. Creation is the Holy Son of God. For in creation is His will complete in every aspect making every part container of the whole. Its oneness is forever guaranteed inviolate, forever held within his holy will, beyond all possibility of harm, of separation, imperfection, and of any spot upon its sinlessness. We are creation. We, the sons of God. We seem to be discreet and unaware of our eternal unity with him. Yet back of all our doubts, past all our fears, there still is certainty. For love remains with all its thought, its sureness being theirs. God's memory is in our holy minds, which know their oneness and their unity with their creator. Let our function be only to let this memory return only to let God's will be done on earth, only to be restored to sanity, and to be but as God created us. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 327. I need but call, and you will answer me. I am not asked to take salvation on the basis of an unsupported faith. For God has promised, He will hear my call and answer me himself. Let me but learn from my experience that this is true. And faith in him must surely come to me. This is the faith that will endure and take me farther and still farther on the road that leads to him. For thus I will be sure 
that he has not abandoned me and loves me still, awaiting but my call to give me all the help I need to come to him. Father, I thank you that your promises will never fail in my experience if I but test them out. Let me attempt, therefore, to try them and to judge them not. Your word is one with you. You give the means whereby conviction comes and surety of your abiding love is gained at last. Lesson 327. I need but call and you will answer me. Five minutes.
Lesson 327. I need the call, and you will answer me. Amen. Amen. So Thank you, friend. Beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful. What a beautiful lesson, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Fran. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Thanks, Fran. Good morning, guys. It's Jude. I had um, just just a heart so full of gratitude, and then um, recognizing it, recognizing it in this in this lesson. First thing this morning when I get up, get up pretty early every morning, um, and 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 just loving the stillness and the peace that I wake up in. Sometimes in joy, you know, mostly, mostly it's in stillness and, and peacefulness, and just such a sense of relaxed, you know, no tension, no no tension whatsoever, um, no residuals over from pain. It's like I love waking up in the morning because my body is just so relaxed and there's no pain in it whatsoever, and I just love it, love, love, love it. And the whole um, completion that there's that there's um, there's nothing I need or want because singularly that being without pain is has been you know a a a, a primary um, want or need for me and letting go of all other ideas of what I think I need, what I think I want, having done the lessons before and and um, practicing and trusting that my needs are, everything is already given to me, that I need not even think about needing anything, being like a lily in the field. And um, so when I did this lesson this morning, I thought, I don't even need to ask you, God. You know what I need before I even can ask you. And you have already arranged the universe to conspire for my happiness. And I was so filled with joy at just having grown to the spiritual maturity of having that kind of trust, having that kind of faith. And, um, you know, it's... It's, it's, it comes from exercising my spiritual strength, which is not of duty. And I know this today, that it's a God-given gift to have this kind of joy and peace and, and sense of security that everything's okay, it's all in the right place at the right time, exactly when I'm going to need it to be, and to have no worries, to have no anxiety, you know, so so the girl, the old horse, is some pain. 
But this reading in the text today really speaks to me of that, that um, my, my body has no thoughts. My body's merely an instrument for me to share my joy, my share of being joined with everything, to hearing God's call for love from everything to everything, all at once, simultaneously, spontaneously, in every given moment, wherever I go, love calling to itself to be itself. And I'm just feeling really good, really, really, really good today. In reality, what's real, and um, understanding that what's not real is what is what um, I used to think I was, what I thought I was was a body. And I have a body, but I know I'm much, much, much more than that. In, in grace, in a, in a great, abundant attitude of gratitude for everything and all of you today, I will not refuse, I will not ignore, nor will I deny I am God, in God's completion. I'm a part of God's completion today in recognizing the totality of our reality. Amen. <laughs> oh, have a joyful day, guys. Thank you, Judy. What a yeah, real thankful you. message that was. Thank you, Judy. You set a great thank table. You, Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Hi, this is Chris. Um, I really appreciate this lesson. I need a call and you will answer me. The, the call I made with, the call I make within me is always love. And I call on love when I'm forgiving. Um, I'm releasing the way I'm looking and the Holy Spirit answers all the time. Um, and not be identified to its substitute. Um, it doesn't it doesn't fulfill me it always when I look outside of me, I look for the uh, impermanent that doesn't isn't eternal um, many times i I make the call in meditation where uh, I'm saying to God, I'm putting everything aside to listen to your voice and thank you for answering my call I'm, I, my part is to remove the static that interrupts the call through forgiveness but when I meditate eventually my mind gets very quiet and still and I'm connected right there my call is being answered. 
Um, and and for me, it's it's so automatic now to call upon the Holy Spirit. I'm, I guess I'm so aware when I'm not thinking at all and just dwelling on illusions because of how I feel. I'm not feeling the love of God within me, but I can place a call to it. Um, And usually when I do that, things fall into place for me. because I'm open and receptive to see it. I um I went to the courthouse recently for a situation and I asked, you know, when is my when is my um not, when am I going to hear from them? And they said, in about looks like about ten days. So I got really happy. And he says, "I would." He says, "I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't uh, celebrate so soon because the judge has a question on something, and he's going to send you information about that." But I disagreed with him. I could celebrate and anticipate it good and answer to a call because I do have supported faith. There's so many times I've done this before where things work out to my advantage when God is in charge of my heart and mind. So I do have supported faith. It's, it is, uh, there's a saying that, uh, that a minister from church said, this too is good, this too is God, this too is for me, and I choose to see the blessing in that. So I could choose to see the blessing in any situation in the moment uh, and know that um, it's God wanting to answer me, and it's me placing the call. So um, I know, I know this will turn out to God's advantage, but because God is in my heart and I hold Him there, and uh, and when I hold Him there, He shows me that. So um, I, I've seen it in the outcome to um, a couple situations recently with my credit score and um, with a relationship that I'm in. And that's because I put the call out to God. I uh, was open and receptive to receive his answer and I follow through with his answer. Uh, Thank you, I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for sharing uh, those aspects of yourself. Thank you, Chris. Yes, it's good to hear you, Chris. Thank you. 
I was thinking I had a funny thought today that, um, you know, I, I trust, my, my trust and faith in God has really, really grown, and I'm really grateful for that. That's singularly my greatest, my greatest gift that God has given me today, that gift of faith that it speaks of in, in the text. And um, whenever I feel disturbed that um, I take a commercial break from the melodrama of Jude, <laughs> as, the, as the, the world turns, and um, take a, a break from my sponsor, my capital sponsor, <laughs> take a holy instant and um, restore myself to, to the awareness that all is God, and um, I need to have a care or worry or concern because I am God's care and concern. Totally, he loves me, and with that, I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Um, this is Wendy. Um, I hope my phone doesn't die before I finish this. <laughs> so I, I read this this morning, and I thought it was really beautiful. In the depths of our being, amidst the chaos of life, there lies a wellspring of gratitude, a reservoir of appreciation, waiting to be unleashed. It is a force that can transform our perspectives, elevate our spirits, and reshape our realities. Gratitude is not merely a fleeting emotion. It is a profound state of being, a conscious choice to recognize and cherish the blessings that grace our lives. It is the ability to see beauty amidst the mundane, to find joy in the ordinary, and to transform challenges into opportunities for growth. When we embrace gratitude, we open ourselves to a world of abundance, a universe where every experience holds the potential for enrichment. We begin to appreciate the simple gifts that often go unnoticed, a warm sunrise, a comforting embrace, a stranger's kindness. Gratitude is not merely a passive acceptance of what is. It is an active engagement with the present moment, a conscious decision to focus on the positive aspects of our lives. It is the antidote to negativity, the counterweight to despair. When we cultivate gratitude, we shift our focus from what we lack to what we possess, from our shortcomings to our strengths, from our problems to our blessings. We begin to see the world through a lens of abundance, recognizing the richness that surrounds us. Gratitude is a testament to the resilience of the human spirit. It is the ability to find hope in the darkest of times, to see light even when shadows loom large. When we practice gratitude, we tap into an inner wellspring of strength, a reservoir of resilience that can carry us through life's challenges. We discover a profound sense of peace and contentment, a deep-seated belief that we are enough. Gratitude is not a destination. It is a journey, a continuous practice of cultivating appreciation and acknowledging blessings. It is a lifelong commitment to seeking the good in all things, even when it is difficult to see. Let us embark on this journey of gratitude together. Embracing gratitude with open hearts and open minds, let us transform the world around us 
one grateful breath at a time. I'm complete. Oh, that was marvelous, Wendy. Totally. Thank you so much, Wendy. What a gift. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. I heard it spoken. Someone set the table and set such a lovely table with their share. And, honey, you just served the meal. Thank you so much. Oh, the gratitude that I feel for this call, for the people that provide it every day, that, that are here no matter what. And for all these loving beings who say, I want the truth more than I want anything else. I'm complete. Mm-hmm. Oh, God bless you, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you Did so I'm much, Wendy. Thank you. Oh, Wendy, I chime in too. So grateful for uh, my spirit says the cooks in the kitchen, the ones that get up at 4 a.m. You know, and it's like um, the week of giving thanks here. There's a whole lot of that. You know, the ones that are all prepared way ahead, way ahead, and the cooks in the kitchen up before sunrise. (laughs) It's such a lovely thing to share. The spirit that this reading really highlights this temple that sits there for the mind to just run rivers of delight through it and to allow the weather of every season shrink tight and shiver and say oh and then to expand inhale everything we're inhaling everything and we're exhaling everything and it's being done through this open vessel and our spirit rides rides this wave of life and death Breathing in and breathing out. The reading about the body being so open and available. I was using the awareness that as I inhale, there's a diaphragm it's like an umbrella over the heart and at the very top of that heart there's a gland there there's a space there that's actually the brain of the heart and that umbrella that the diaphragm there at the bottom of the sternum it opens the belly and it lifts that heart with every inhale all the way up through the throat where the next diaphragm sits where the pineal gland lights up with every exhale being released from that soft belly we rise and we fall we're born and then we die 
We take in everything. And this vessel has skin that becomes very transparent and free, sort of like a gauze. And the inhale reminds the body of how free and open it is to expand. Literally, I'll take that exercise and ground it with what happened when I was told I could not bear children and I had a foster baby in my arms and I cried to feed the baby and spirit put a baby in me. So that miracle as months went by and that body of mine had life in it. And there were stories about the suffering the woman goes through. Oh, so many stories. And you know, something in me said, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, I could say that wasn't the most fun feeling. Or, yeah, I could say there are limits now that weren't there before, but oh, honey, Something else is happening because I was told I couldn't have a child. And I think that's what the course is here, too, for me. Because I've experienced what would normally kill someone. As I think, I have a feeling all of us have. And we live through it. And we have one more day. And we know it. We know we're a miracle here with one more day, and that's all we need. A chance to just say, I'm so happy we made it here today. I'm so glad to be together whatever's around me. I know there was a life before where I wanted to know how you're doing and tell you how I'm doing. That was the life before I died and was born again. Now I'm just so happy we're here. Thank you. Oh, what a gorgeous walk that was. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, thank you, Patricia. Yeah, thanks, Sergio. Miraculous shares.
I am loved. Now, join me in the feeling of I am loved. Now. Oh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And uh, I sure appreciate everyone joining here every morning to give each other an opportunity to talk about the things that mean so much. But I can remember when, when I didn't have a place um, or felt like I didn't have opportunities um, to share my love of God. And it was very, very lonesome. And I'm so grateful for for all the places in Course in Miracles where it talks about shared identity. And, um, and the recognition that because we are all uh, members of the same family. There are no strangers here, ever. Uh, no strangers anywhere. <clears throat> but as regards, <clears throat> excuse me, as regards uh, going through life, um, walking on feet and talking with mouth, <laughs> um, there's there's um, some important things for me to recognize. Uh, first of all, that what's important about me or what's real about me is my relationship to God. And when he talks about seeing the face of Christ and his brothers, 
he's talking about that interior view <clears throat> that one sees when one looks in and discovering <clears throat> excuse me that everything I thought about myself, my body, my behavior, my being in the world uh, my being in the world, everything I thought about that was erroneous. I was thinking this morning of previous thanksgivings and and uh, and previous thanksgiving prayers, and you know the tendency to be thankful for comfort and thankful for mostly comfort and friends and food and bodily needs and such as that. Um, I was thinking there's just one real Thanksgiving prayer, and that's the prayer of thanks for the relationship, the communication uh, restored in the unity of the Father. But I can't recognize that as complete unless I have uh, some opportunity to share how that works, you know? And so for that, we have the Course in Miracles <laughs> and how it um, directs us always uh, to look within and then look without and find the evidence of what's true. That's what makes this section, the self-accused, so critically important. I mean, critically important. In an early lesson, uh, review lesson 58, uh, the first thought in that review lesson is I can picture, whoops, wait now, my holiness envelops everything I see. My holiness envelops everything I see. From my holiness does uh, the vision of a holy world arise. And the reason for that is I can picture only thoughts I hold about myself. Everything comes from thought. What I see comes from thought. What I feel comes from thought. How I respond to anything comes from thought. Everything comes from thought. And so it becomes really, really critical that I have a true thought um, or that I have the ability to find my true thoughts. And because of ego body identity going around on feet in a world and such, I think I'm getting a little bit of an echo. Um, I get confused about what my thoughts really are. And so we have today's lesson. I need but call and you will answer me. That's my true thought right there. That's my true thought. I was looking at a song of prayer this morning. And if you have a way to, to look at that, um, today is such a worthy day to have a to have a look. And in that in the song of prayer, he says, you know, the only the only real prayer is the song the son sings to the father eternally. That song it even goes into the harmonics and the melodies 
um, that song of love. And so he talks about prayer not being um, to ask for something, because to ask for something says I'm not complete. True prayer is that everything that's been offered be received. And for the offer to be received, I have to make some room. That's all. I just have to make some room, and everything's given. And that's why this chapter 31 is so elegantly perfect. It's it's the recognition, chapter 31 is, that when I've cleared the table of my mind, and I've left it wide open of ego body thoughts, uh, truth is always there. Truth, just truth. And, and truth is, um, truth is how this soul expression, expresses the relationship to its creator. That's truth. That's reality. That's love. That's thanks. That's grace. That's the acceptance of forgiveness, the recognition, just as Rumi says, out beyond right doing and wrong doing. And that's what this section's about, the self-accused. The self-accused has an idea of right doing and wrong doing, doing being, being the key word. Uh, that's why he makes such a distinction in paragraph 28. You know, uh, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm looking at a brother and I'm judging how he behaves, or she behaves. I'm I'm not looking at my brother. My brother is the mind I share with him, the same mind, the same self. That's my brother. You know, he calls it spirit or soul. And souls are co creators with God and we're co creators with each other. Would I would I condemn myself? That's what I do if I condemn a brother for his behavior, if I judge how he walks or talks or what he says or how he lives or anything about him. I'm not seeing him. I'm seeing a body. That's not to say that bodies are bad. It's to say you're not seeing. You're seeing appearances and making a judgment on the basis of how that body behaves. And that's such a critical lesson and I do that I do that when I'm judging myself in my mind you know oh you should this you should that should the other I'm self-accused and it turns out the way I treat myself is the way I treat my brother you know it's it's a mirror this this being in the world is a mirror and in order to see truly I have to see myself truly I have to see myself as God sees me what does God see I know that you know that we know that we know what God sees there was a time we didn't for sure but now we know better um, and so I'll just I'll just end with this. Um, <laughs> I lost my train. I'll end with gratitude. Um,
<laughs> I told Kathy yesterday, she's going to have to help me out in the kitchen because the older I get, the more difficulty I have with sequencing. <laughs> Maybe my thoughts are like that too. Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me out. My mind holds only thoughts, I think, with God. Those are my true thoughts. And when I get quiet, make space for my true thoughts. I remember that it's the privilege of the forgiven to forgive. And that's a pretty good definition of grace. And I think um, that's what he's telling us here in this reading. Especially in, in those last two paragraphs. Remember that projection is perception. And the saying goes, you see what you believe is there, and you believe it's there because you want it there. Isn't that just um, what he's trying to say? Well, he's not trying. It's what he is saying in paragraph 32. Let us be glad that you will see what you believe. You will see what you believe, and that it's been given you to change what you believe. The body will but follow. The body is is uh, my instrument, if you will. It's my tool. It's how I go about and express. But the only thing that can really be expressed is what's within. And so I need to keep the mirror of my mind polished. I love how you say, wake up and be in the quiet, Judy. Wake up and be in the quiet. That's how I polish my mind. Contemplative prayer says, one simple thing, I sit, I open to the presence and action of God. And uh, in that wordless communication, somehow he reveals himself. And, um, and that's really the only thing I can express when I accept his grace for what I am. So anyway... Uh, I'm complete, and I'm so grateful for um, the opportunity to dialogue about these things that mean so much and clarifies my mind. And um, and I hope it clarifies the mind. Well, I know it does. It clarifies the mind of the sonship as well. Everything is thought, and um, thought ripples. Thought ripples. And any time I join in thoughts of truth and holiness, I strengthen I strengthen this new mind that we're sharing. So thank you, and I'm complete. Thank you so much, Lori. Beautiful, thank you. Thank you, Lori. I love you. And think you have to say, I'm complete. I uh, love you too, Ida. Glad you I popped in. I love you in. guys too. <laughs> oh, man. Happy Thanksgiving Thanks, to both of you. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm.
there's a there's a in this same theme one morning if you don't mind we have just a couple minutes left I wanted to share just these two paragraphs since our lesson today is I knew but call and you will answer me these two paragraphs from um, Song of Prayer are just so perfect for this the secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need to ask for the specific is much the same as to look on sin and then forgive it also in the same way in prayer you overlook your specific needs as you see them and let them go into God's hands there they become your gifts to him for they tell him that you would have no gods before him no love but his what could his answer be but your remembrance of him can this be traded for a bit of trifling advice about a problem of an instant's duration God answers only for eternity but still all little answers are contained in this prayers of stepping aside letting go a quiet time of listening and loving it shouldn't be confused with supplication of any kind because it's a way of remembering your holiness why should holiness entreat being fully entitled to everything love has to offer and it is to love you go in prayer prayer is an offering it's a giving up of yourself to be at one with love there is nothing to ask because there's nothing left to want that nothingness becomes the altar of God and it disappears in him mm, isn't that just beautiful isn't that just beautiful yes and for that opportunity um, for that gift of God of himself to us um, what more can be said I'm complete thank you for sharing that yes really thank you perfect thank you that was great great reminder for me personally mm -hmm. it really should be and I don't usually say the word should but I'm saying it to myself right now because it's a it's a glorified spiritual thank you I'm complete Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Lori. That, that's transportive. Transformative. That's definitely put in my mind the one of my favorite favorite paragraphs in the course of love dialogue 627 I believe where it says we have redefined the miracle as 
the art of thought, the act of continual prayer that sustains the unity of Christ consciousness. And yes, it is that form of prayer of acceptance and entering into giving and receiving as one that is the this call that is actually mutual and it is uh, hmm, an inviting definition for the alignment of the will. Chapter 5 of Course in Miracles. It is just looking beyond what's in need of healing to what the children of God were before healing was needed and what will be when they have been healed. The will to heal the separation by letting it go. This will is in you because God placed it in your mind. And although you can keep it asleep, you cannot obliterate it. God himself keeps this will alive by transmitting it from his mind to yours, as long as there is time. It is partly his and partly yours. The miracle itself is just this fusion or union of will between Father and Son. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of joy. He is the call to return with which God blessed the minds of his separated Son. This is the vocation of the mind. The mind had no calling until the separation, because before that it had only being and would not have understood the call to right thinking. The Holy Spirit was God's answer to the separation, the means by which the atonement could repair until the whole mind returned to creating. Creating as God creates, as love creates, only like itself. Thank you, Ramon. I still think I had one more thing. That heaven asks nothing. <clears throat> it is hell that makes extravagant demands for sacrifice. You give up nothing in these times today when, undefended, you present yourself to your Creator as you really are.
Thank you, Lemoyne. Oh, that's yes. so perfect. Thank you. I have to go now. I just want to tell everybody happy Thanksgiving. And oh. I am very grateful for this call. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, thanks, friend. God bless you, friend. So grateful Thank for you. you. Thank you. Have Thank a beautiful, you. beautiful holiday. Bye-bye. Yes. Thank you. I will. I always do. Bye-bye. Thank I you. know. All right. Bye-bye. And I have to scoot to you guys. Okay. Um, begging, begging, begging your pardon, uh, but I have a company coming shortly, so I really have to kind of get ready. But I love you all, and I'm so grateful for you all, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless Bye. you, Lori. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thanks, Lori. Bless you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Yep. Thank, thank Fran, but she's already gone for the perfect test for this call. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And now I'm the recording, but not the call, so let's stay on. Okay.